This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. What economic indicators do companies turn to to plan how consumers will be investing in future projects or buying products? The annual Global Consumer Index, now under the direction of the Conference Board, examines the readiness to spend based on job situations, personal finance, and spending intentions from 64 countries. The interconnected nature of our countries produces important data as to where our economy should be headed. We discussed the most recent report, which has been put out this morning, that shows confidence remaining at record highs but softening a bit. The numbers are broken down by global region and country. To discuss the report, we are joined from New York City by Bart Van Ark, Chief Economist and Executive Vice President at the Conference Board, as well as Denise Dahlhoff, who's a senior researcher at the Conference Board and a senior fellow at the Lauder Institute here at the Wharton School. Bart, great to catch up with you. Denise, great to talk to you again. Hi, Dan. Nice to be on again. Great to be here. Thank you. Bart, I guess let's start with the backstory on on this type of a report and the importance you think it has for for gaining more information about the global economy. Yeah, I think there are two important things about this Global Consumer Confidence Index. One, of course, it's about consumers. So you want to get some insights on what do consumers feel, what do they think, what is the temperature, basically, and what might that mean for consumer spending and going forward. And we may spend some time on that during uh, our conversation. The other part uh, that is also important is that consumers provide a pretty good lead on where the economy is going to go. Uh, we know that confidence uh, provides a couple of months' lead in terms of a weakening in the economy or a strengthening in the economy. And to the last point, as you said, you know, we see it peaking. Uh, it's come down a little bit. It's a very high level. So consumers are still strong, but we don't think they will get stronger. I basically would say this is as good as, as, good as it gets. Denise, how similar then, as you collect the information from all these different countries and all these different regions of the world, how similar do you see some of the patterns developing? Yeah, since, you know, we have 64 countries in the index, so you can imagine, you know, there are different, you know, countries go into different directions, but we do see some patterns, for example, in terms of spending intentions. When you look at the largest uh, economies, two of the most confidence regions in the world, North America and Asia Pacific, they go in different directions in terms of spending intentions, for example. In North America, we see a softening versus uh, uh, Asia-Pacific, where we see, you know, an, an increase in spending intentions. And this, you know, the index data is really also great um, insight for, for companies to plan their international strategies to right. identify opportunities for, um, for regions or markets to go, go into, as well as tweak their marketing strategies, because really consumer confidence is a snapshot of how consumers are feeling. However, marketing can do a lot to, you know, get you to buy something that you hadn't maybe initially thought of of buying. And and I guess, Denise, as global economies continue to build out and because of the connectivity we have through digital, it becomes more and more important to be able to have an understanding for a company here in the U.S. potentially what might be going on in China or Turkey or, or France or Germany. Absolutely. And if you consider also online shopping across borders, that becomes even more important. Even if you're not based in a certain country, you can still do business there through either your direct-to-consumer or through platforms in that target country. 
Yeah, and Dan, I think the connection you're making to digital is important. It's important to emphasize that this is an Internet survey, so 500 households in each of those 64 countries respond for the Internet. Therefore, it's not 100% representative of the population, particularly not in poor or emerging markets. Right. Uh, you know, but those are the company, those are the, the consumers who are actually online, and, and they are the most important consumers. So, uh, so it is a good reflection, particular for, for companies who are reaching out sort of to the middle class segment of the population and higher. So, Bart, give us a, 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 an insight on this particular report for quarter one, 2019. And I mentioned at the top that, that seemingly the numbers that we talk about, the confidence levels, are still very high, but maybe just off a touch from where they have been in recent quarters. Yeah, they've been rising for quite a while now, for quite a few years, and they moved well above 100. And, and just to be clear, if you are above 100, it's, it simply means that there are more optimistic consumers than pessimistic consumers, right? So, so we now have at least globally more optimistic consumers around than pessimistic consumers. But, you know, we reached a, a, a peak level in the last quarter of 2018, and that was 107. Now it's down to 106. Look, that's not a big change, but it, it does show, if we also look a few quarters back over 2018, that this is sort of the highest level we can achieve. Right. Um, but that's at the global level. And as you just discussed with Denise, I mean, the world is a big place and, and consumers feel very differently in different places. So you could indeed say that in emerging markets, we generally see that confidence is still strengthening, whereas in mature markets, North America, uh, Europe, but also Japan and other Asia-Pacific advanced economies, we now begin to see some softening of the index. But uh, Denise, where are the areas where you see the greatest concern amongst consumers about about things that are going on in their country or within their region. Yeah, so actually there are, we also field additional questions in addition to confidence data. So one question is, what is your biggest concern right now in your country? And the leading uh, concern actually across the world is the economy, followed by job security, uh, but also health and work-life balance um, issues. So again, there you have uh, economy is definitely on top of mind along with job security. But, you know, we also see that um, although consumers are confident about the job outlook as well as their financial situation, their spending intentions might not align with that because they are more cautious. They take a wait and see attitude because they don't know really what's coming down, you know, in the future. So it's a little bit, you know, hedging against any potential risks in the future. Yeah, and I think what's important here also, Dan, is that because this index is at such a high level and we begin to see some peaking, that also means that shocks to the economy, which are hard, to, you can't predict shocks, but right. if they happen, it makes the consumers pretty vulnerable. So this is, we need to watch this carefully and not just go out of this with, oh, this all looks great in going ahead. The economy is becoming a bit more vulnerable and we need to watch it carefully. But I think, Bart, that that's, I think when you talk to certain people, that's kind of the narrative that many people believe to take anyway, that while there is confidence, that you still have to maybe have a, a touch of hesitation with it because of the potential uh, of issues popping up down the road. Yeah, so, so you know, business leaders and, and policymakers are more aware of these risks and begin to anticipate and adjust, right? So businesses, if they see trouble down the road, like the China trade conflict or Brexit, they begin to pull back on investment. Sure. Consumers yeah. typically don't do that. They're not sort of looking six months ahead and say, oh, there may be a problem here. Let's stop consuming. But if they are quite optimistic and there's more vulnerabilities in the economy, they can rather subtly pull back if a shock happens. It usually blows over very quickly to 
too with, with consumers. So it comes and it goes. And that makes it a little bit more volatile. Uh, so, so, yeah, I mean, the, the, the shocks are there, are, are potentially there, and they could impact uh, the actual behavior of the consumer down the road. Well, since you mentioned, Bart, uh, Brexit, what kind of impacts are you seeing, even though uh, it has been pushed off, at least for now, until October? What kind of shocks are you seeing from this entire process of Brexit over the last couple of years to where we are right now? Well, consumers have been concerned in the UK. So the, the index has been higher than it is today. It's still fairly strong. It actually just it leveled between the last quarter and, and uh, the, the last quarter of 2018 and, and the, the first quarter of 2019. Uh, it's still pretty high. So consumers still feel fairly strong, but they used to feel quite a bit stronger before. Now, some of that may be related to Brexit and, and all the ongoing discussions, but some of it, it may simply be related to the fact that the economy in the UK has been doing well for quite a while, and there's just kind of an end to it, right? And, and now people are beginning to see that, you know, the job prospects are not further improving and, and things right. like that. But the shock, as you say, that has now been uh, extended for another six months, a shock could almost immediately push the UK economy in a recession. And hopefully that's not going to happen, at least not in the next six, six months. Denise, what I find interesting, and, and I believe you touched on this a little while ago, is when looking at, at the report and looking at it globally, the, the higher levels of confidence that are being found in, in Southeast Asia, not just China and, and India, but places like Thailand, the Philippines, uh, and Indonesia as well. Yeah, and actually that's uh, one of the strong regions. And, you know, those are, of course, you know, we ask about what it's, it's self-reported, you know, spending intentions. So we don't know exactly how that translates into future spending. This right. is like the best estimate that consumers give us. But it's a you know good proxy to go by, and again, it's it's a good indication you know for where the economy might be heading, but also again for to give companies like a guide you know input for their strategies to you know to figure out where to go and how to adjust their strategies in in those countries. Well, one of the things you need to be careful about also here is that there are of course some cultural differences between countries and how people do feel about uh, you know their sentiment and how they look forward. So right. Asia Pacific issue just discussed, but also Americans tend to be, you know, rather optimistic. You know, that they look at the right side of life. Uh, but then, if you go to Europe, but also within Asia, for example, if you look at South Korea or Japan, consumers tend to be a little bit more pessimistic. So the way to think about it is that if Japanese consumers would be moving up to 100, we would see that as a really big improvement. Right. Whereas if consumers in, say, Malaysia would come down to 100, it would actually be pretty bad. So that's that's an important thing to keep in mind to understand these cultural issues a bit. Bart, if, if I'm reading the, the report correctly, that it looks like there are portions of Africa and also Central America where I guess we don't have complete data at this point, correct? Yes. You know, we do require that, you know, consumers, uh, you know, we need to have 60 percent of consumers being online and things like that, which is not true for, for quite a few of the uh, African economies. Yeah. Uh, also not true for some of the Central American countries. But, you know, again, we have 64 countries. We cover Latin America very well. South Africa is included. Part of the Middle East, including, you know, United Arab Emirates and Saudi Arabia are included. So we feel pretty good about the global coverage. But it is true that some of the poorer countries with low Internet coverage, are excluded from here. How about how about Denise, an area like South America, where we've obviously seen some uh, some rather uh, disheartening conflicts in years past uh, with Brazil and now Venezuela as well? 
Yeah, that was actually, to me, one of the surprises. Like in the last quarter, we saw, you know, it was actually a mixed picture. We saw some countries losing confidence, others gaining. This time, this quarter, we see confidence going up across the board or, you know, staying consistent like in Brazil. So, you know, this is, it's it's a good, uh, you know, it's it's provides some hope. Uh, also keep in mind that the data was collected in February, for example, in Venezuela, where, you know, things are really not rosy, um, neither in, in Argentina. But in February, you know, Venezuelans still might have been hopeful about, you know, potential change. So, you know, this is a snapshot in time. Uh, this is a quarterly report, a quarterly survey that we do. So it will be interesting to see how Latin America will develop for the next quarter. How do you think, Bart, that, that reports like this and other ones that that you do at the conference board in the end play a role in policy decisions by specific governments? Well, this is just one piece of, of evidence, right? Um, and, and there are other important sentiment indicators, which we do at the conference board, including CEO confidence, for example. There are other indexes out there, like, you know, purchasing managers uh, indexes. And then there are the harder data that you need to check, like the development of, you know, uh, unemployment claims uh, or the housing market, which all provide important leads. So we would never at the conference board rely just on one index and say, okay, this is telling us the whole story. It's really the whole palette of indexes that is important here in indicators, and that's why this is such an important addition. But the fact that this covers 64 countries, that's a pretty unique addition because really there's not another index in the world that covers so many countries. So it really gives you a very broad feel of what is going on on the consumer side, and I think that adds a lot of value, both looking at it from the perspective of where does the economy go, but also for for consumer-focused industries to see where are the hotter or the cooler markets in the global economy. What What is the is the confidence level right now in, in some of the countries in, in the Middle East? And, and obviously there's a, a, a time part where you are dealing with a quite, quite a bit of conflict uh, from country to country. Yeah, so again, you know, like in Africa, the coverage in the Middle East is, is limited, but we have, uh, you know, coverage in countries like Egypt and Morocco, uh, they are below 100, uh, but they haven't actually been up compared to the previous quarter. Uh, but, you know, there's overall uh, more sentiment of pessimism than of optimism. But if you take Saudi Arabia, for example, or the United Arab Emirates, there's a lot of bullishness there in terms of what the, what the potential for growth in the economy is. So generally, the Middle East, we see, we see the numbers pretty much up. There's one big exception. It's not quite the Middle East, but it's more Western Asia. That's Pakistan. There, mm-hmm. actually, we have seen the index come down quite a bit. But a lot of that may be related to sort of pretty big budget cuts and other financial issues that Pakistan is uh, facing right now, as well as, of course, the, the, the military conflicts uh, that are still ongoing with India, which those are the kind of things that do impact the consumers once that happens. So how do you how do you determine, I guess, kind of a baseline for where a lot of these reports end up going, Bart? Well, you know, I, I mean, in the end, it's really the two things important. One is sort of the international comparative picture, where, where are the hotter markets? But from an economics point of view, I would particularly look at the time series. And, and if we see this index continuing to level off, uh, you know, we would say that there's just not more dynamics in consumer growth. Yeah. That doesn't mean that, that it is not adding to the economy. I mean, consumers account for, you know, between 50 and 70 percent of the economy, depending on where you are. So it, it's not small. We would get concerned if the index is really going to decline multiple points. Um, and luckily, uh, at least globally, we're not at that point yet. 
Is there an expectation you can take off of this report, Denise, and start to, you know, assuming that we we don't see uh, significant global conflict in the next quarter, but can you start to to gleam a pattern for what Q2 and Q3 might look at as well? Yeah, I mean, from a spending perspective, we still see like half of consumers are very positive about spending. You know, they say it's an excellent or good um, um, time right now to spend. And we have seen, you know, we have seen some, you know, some people cutting, you know, dis- discretionary spending like on categories like, you know, holidays or clothes, uh, out, of, out of home entertainment, like, you know, dining out and going to shows and things like that. But overall, you know, there, there is still, you know, there are positive, um, um, you know, positive signals there for consumer spending. So, and particularly in North America, we see uh, a softening in spending intentions. However, if you look at the additional questions that we are asking consumers, like, do you feel in a recession? Have you cut back on spending? Um, They actually are across the world the most positive ones. They are just in a holding pattern. And you even see um, categories like uh, technology, like it's actually the only region in the world in North America where spending on technology is actually still, you know, gaining, uh, gaining uh, as opposed to other regions. So you yeah. see there is some positivity there. Um, so but it will be it will be uh, interesting to, to see how the next couple of quarters will develop. Eight four four nine four two seven eight six six, or if you'd like, send us a comment on Twitter at BizRadio132 or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. I find it interesting, Bart, because we talk on this show quite a bit about when the monthly jobs report comes out about where the patterns are developing there. Overall, when you look at jobs globally, it seems like people feel confident in other parts of the world about job prospects as well. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, there are many more people, about two-thirds of the consumers feel that, you know, job prospects are good or even excellent versus those who feel uh, not so good about it. But there are large differences between regions, though. I mean, typically in Europe, as well as in Latin America, people tend to be more concerned about job prospects yeah. than, in, for example, North America and Asia Pacific. And some of that has to do with, for example, things like flexibility of the labor markets. How used are people to actually, you know, move from one job to another? Uh, so there's, again, it goes back to the discussion we had about cultural issues. In some, in some, in some countries, are just more comfortable with making these changes, and society is more prepared for those changes than in other countries. So, you know, one concern in Europe is that we actually do see uh, somewhat uh, of an increase in people are concerned about their job prospects in going forward, uh, but we don't see that in many other parts of the world. And just to add to that, like in, in Asia Pacific, for example, where we see really positive uh, positivity about uh, spending intentions, right. th- the main concern there is actually uh, job security, even trumps uh, the economy. So you see, you know, you have to look a l- dig a little deeper into the other data that we have, but that gives you a, a fuller picture. Great having you both with us, uh, Bart, Denise. Always great to talk to you and great to your, get your information from the conference board and look forward to talking to you again down the road. Thank you both. Sure. Happy to do. Bye. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Bart Van Ark, who's chief economist and executive vice president at the conference board. Uh, Denise Dahlhoff, who is a senior researcher there at the conference board and also a senior fellow at the Lauder Institute here at the Wharton School and also a former member of the Baker Retailing Center as well in the past. Great to talk with uh, both of them. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.